Welcome to Nace Ashes. I'm Mike. I'm Nate, and we've got our guest, Dev, on board with us today. What are we smoking, Mike? We are smoking a Buffalo Trace cigar. Uh, Does this have any 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 uh, correlation or relation to the whiskey? It is. Uh, They came out with a cigar as a memorial for the company. And uh, I thought it was for the poor for the poor bison on the on the wrapper there. The memorial for the the bison. So, I'm not sure if it's cased. You know, I don't know a whole lot about it. We got it. Uh, you know more about it than I do. Yeah, I think I got like a five pack of it from uh, PipesandCigars.com, not a sponsor, and uh, gave you a couple. <laughs> and um, so let's uh, we're gonna try to explain this on air. Uh, this cigar and Mike, you give input because uh, Dev hasn't smoked a whole lot of cigars. He smoked some. Yeah, I smoked um, a fair amount of cigars when I played golf on the regular, probably about 20-some years ago. So it really has been a while since I've imbibed. Yes, and and Dev's 32 for our listeners. Um, (laughs) That's his age. So uh, looking at this cigar, if we hold it so that we can read the wrapper, uh, on the very bottom it's got a green bit of ribbon, and then about, uh, you know, I don't know, five-sixteenths of the way up whatever that is. And it's probably more like, uh, what, 9 sixteenths, 10 sixteenths of the way up? Um, i say 9. 9. Uh, we've got the Buffalo Trace. It's a little mini wrapper. And then it's got a, a big bu- Buffalo head wrapper uh, closer to the end that you stick in your mouth. So, and, yes. and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but we want to take the green one off. Because that's you where we like You have to take it. the green one off. Yes. <laughs> and then you leave the other two on until... I was going to make that assumption. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, until and so normally what I do... Okay. Ahead, and sorry, what I do... And what I typically do, Mike, and this is probably wrong because I'm not a smart man, uh, but I know what love is. Um, I usually just take all the wrappers off and then I light that thing and, and just do it. But um, I do not. I leave the uh, banding on until the cigar heats up enough. And the glue loosens. Okay, that's what and then it'll come right off. Once the glue loosens, it'll come right off, no problem. Okay, because like it's always been so tight. Like I always just spit on it, and then I just like it just slides right off. I'm just I'm fucking with everybody. That's not that's a sex joke. All right, I Um, get it. Okay, I like it. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then uh, Mike. Uh, so this is what I do, and I've seen you do both. I've seen you do both. Um, I usually just like stick the the uncut end, uh, the foreskin, as it were, of the cigar into my mouth uh, to moisten it a bit before I cut it, so that I get less uh, like split like flaking wrapper or whatever. Yes. Um, and sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. So what's the best here for Dev to try? I would tell him to lip it. I lipped this one when I cut it. Um, just, just, it's just all, it all depends. I look yeah. at the cigar and I see how moist the wrapper is, and if I think it's moist enough, I won't. I'll just cut it. I won't actually get okay. it wet. Yeah, I usually yeah. wet mine. I wet all of mine. I, I mean, seriously, like honestly, oh. like not really a sex joke thing. Um, <laughs> all right, here goes. I'm assuming that you guys are doing a straight cut and not a cross cut. Yeah, we're doing the straight cut. I'm going to let Dev do his own straight cut. Cool. One hole is bigger, so stick the big end in that part. No. Nope. Yes. Okay. 
Sorry. <laughs> ah. And then right there is the no-no zone. So anything you want circumcised goes in the no-no zone. And how? Yep, just stick it in, hold the pressure back, and snip. It's sharp. There you go. And then dump that in the trash in the ash tray. There you go. And then this has a mirror on the lid, and you just hold it, and you light it, and you rotate it as you light it, and inhale, gotcha. but don't, it, not into the into the lungs. Just right, hold right. it in the mouth. And if Mike has any other tips for lighting, you want to kind of rotate uh, it a bit. Rotate the cigar and make sure you get even flame. And rotate it until it's 100% lit around it. Yeah, and you then you're good to go. Up. There's a mirror on there, so you can kind of see see ah, the mirror in there. Uh-huh. So when you puff, it all should be red. Now, Mike, have you smoked this one before? I have not. This is the first time for me. Like I say, I have no idea what to expect. Whether it's got a whiskey casing, it does not taste like it has a whiskey um, casing to it. It just tastes like a standard Maduro cigar. So yeah, far. and I've smoked I've smoked this one before. Okay. So this is the rare, rare instance. This is history in the making where I've smoked a cigar Mike hasn't. Interesting. Uh, what are your initial thoughts, Dev? Um, it's smoky. It's got a... Slightly bitter taste on my lips. Um, like enjoyable on the first couple. Yeah, I guess I do get a peppery, but I also do get a slight bitterness. Yeah. And uh, I, I taste a little bit of the pepper. Uh, most cigars are a little bitter at the very at the very get-go, especially with this wrapper. Um, darkness, so. I don't get the bitterness anymore because I'm... Uh... It is bitter now that you say it, but I get more pepper out of it than anything else. But I've also should warn you that I smoked a Rocky Patel Edge earlier today, so it is Labor Day for the listeners. We have been we have uh, been forewarned. I was at a Labor Day party. <laughs> I didn't make you. Nice. I didn't make you like call it early, did I? No, you were already we were on the road when I called you. Yeah, I was on so the road. So I had been I had been texting Mike all day about, hey, we're gonna smoke this cigar, and Dev's on board finally. We're gonna get to talk to Dev. because uh, Desmond wanted to do this for a little bit of time. And uh, and uh, it was it was time to start the podcast, and there was no Mike, no Mike, and Dev and I are sitting here, and uh, so I decided to give Mike a call, which is something my generation almost never does. Uh, so I'm sure <laughs> Mike was worried that I was like dead in a ditch somewhere. Uh, so sorry to give you a heart attack, Mike. Uh, but then he was driving and I'm like, well, are we not doing the podcast then? And, uh, uh, but here we are. So have it be known, have it be known that, uh, speed laws, uh, do not count if you're late for a podcast. Mm -hmm. So let's get to know Dev a little bit. Uh, Dev kind of wanted to do a cold open where he didn't want to get to know either one of us very well before, um, Hopping on the podcast a little here. bit. I thought it might be kind of interesting, just sort of jump right into it and have it be as uh, sort of natural and organic as possible. Sure. Yeah, we're just three guys on the golf course that happen to be looking for our ball in the same set of weeds because that's how I golf. 
<laughs> I do too. I tend to slice it quite a bit. Do you really? So I'm... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I golfed a lot when I was younger. Uh, I had... Uh, was doing massage therapy and it was, I was just getting into it and had my own practice and it was slow and I sort of had my own schedule. So, um, my brother-in-law had a very, uh, super open schedule too. And so we golfed probably three times a week and, um, yeah, so where was I going again? We are just talking <laughs> about your, uh, slicing. Uh, but I do want to say that uh, I agree with all of Dev's initial uh, impressions of the cigar, but I'm getting a little, a faint sweetness coming from it. There is a sweetness. Now that, now a that I'm a few sweetness. puffs in. Yeah, very peppery. Hey, I thought we were, I'm I thought we were going to kind of get a little bit of a sweetness. I thought we were going to talk about your wife, Mike. A yeah, dark sweetness know, with some pepper. Dark sweetness with some pepper. <laughs> what can I say? I like a black and bitter. <laughs> nice. That's just the souls, though. <laughs> well, we have never we never described <laughs> her physically, soul. so they could she can be black and bitter and dark and sweet and peppery. Yes. If that wants. makes you subscribe to our podcast, then that's what she is. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was I think I was saying I was I had a lot of free time on my hands, and that's when I was golfing, and then I had three kids, and. Uh, priorities change and you just don't have enough time anymore and and the golf course was when I smoked cigars so uh, I right. just stopped indulging I guess in that and uh, and I stopped actually I smoked cigarettes back then too and when I turned 40 I quit smoking cigarettes it was like okay well maybe 40 um, it was right when they were uh, trying to get funding for the new uh, Viking Stadium, and so they decided to jack the prices of cigarettes up another two dollars. I'm like, okay, well, this is a perfect time to just stop smoking. So after that, I was like, okay, I'm not smoking cigarettes, so I guess I'm not smoking anything. So there you have it. Now I'm 49. 32, he means 32. 32. Yes, that's what I meant. 49 is the new 32. Yep. And why shouldn't it be? Why not? Uh, so how I know Dev is uh, we were at the same rave, and he had the same color glow bracelet that I had. <laughs> and it was the o we were the only two with the pink glow bracelets, which is That's weird right. because you would think that pink mm -hmm. is a popular color at raves, uh, but apparently not. Um, is he also seven feet tall? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when he's fully erect, yes. <laughs> no, there we go. Uh, no, uh, Dev and I are neighbors, uh, but we've since become more than that. Um, <laughs> this so, is, so this bad, is, dude. <laughs> this, this is our coming out story. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, we, uh, I was, so the other, well, Saturday, I was building a workbench with my other buddy, and we needed, um, we needed some socket adapters because, we had power drills, but they only had the, sh the small socket adapter. And we had these big fucking leg screws that we had to sink in. And we tried it with just the socket handle, and it sucked ass. So we we're like, absolutely not. We're not doing this manually. We got we to gotta figure out what adapter we need. And uh, Dev does a lot of work on cars and things. Um, and uh, I just figured he would have them because I saw his two. I've seen his two 
like ro- you got two rolling like toolboxes in the garage, don't you? Mm, sort of. They're not rolling, but well, yeah. <laughs> if you hit them hard enough, they'll roll. They'll roll. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he had the adapters we needed. So he he saved the day, but uh, we keep very Are you firm talking like a three quarter to uh, like quarter inch impact, like adapter? a half inch or something. Yeah, it was like oh, it was okay. like a half inch that will that you can sink right into your drill. So it's got that hex head on it. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Um, but we were, what was it? It was National Night Out, so it was a couple months ago. A month ago. Yep. We've known each other for 42 years. Time, you know what? Time is so weird ever since the pandemic, I think. Like, I can't, I don't know what, when it is or how long it's been since something. Uh, but maybe that's just getting older because it feels like 2000 was like 10 years ago. But it, it was does. 22 years ago. I, yeah, I agree with both of your statements things there down. because uh, I think that the pandemic sped up a lot of people's dissatisfaction with their lives. They had a lot of reassessing. Everybody did. I, I feel called out. What are you doing? No. What's going on here? Are we? No, no. I'm, I'm uh, laying down on my yeah. sofa. <laughs> your I think sofa. a lot of people reassess their sofa. careers and they reassess their relationships. You know, there's like a big absolutely. And there's a huge turnover in the workforce right now and i think a lot of people just kind of reassess what they find important in life and a huge increase in monkeypox. so what's that tell you well we already talked about that <laughs> well do you remember that whole killer bee thing that kind of like yeah i wish that would have been bigger like, like i'd what, love to like, come out with like an electronic racket to kill killer bees <laughs> but instead we got covid i mean i mean what was that was that just a distraction I mean, well, the sure killer bee thing, was, but... yeah. they hybridized European with uh, African bees because the European bee population was doing really poorly in South America, and they started spreading north, and they thought that they would just continue to spread north forever, but then they hit wintertime, and then all the bees died. <laughs> because they they africanized they, they they africanized european bees so that the, the european bees would be more adaptable to the summer times in south america and it made them more aggressive uh, but then they couldn't handle winter and so they all died off in like mexico <laughs> and they never made it up here wow so, well um, i do know about that because I, I know two winter. guys that are yeah. beekeepers so oh yeah, I have two friends that are so beekeepers. W- did it create concern for them? Were they worried? Yes, because if you get one of those bees into your hives, they'll interbreed with the local population, and then the bees will become more aggressive towards the beekeepers and stuff too. They are more aggressive, but so they can't handle winter. But they never made it this far north, right? Like you no, said, they never. Okay, they made it into like Arizona. But then they had a couple cold years and they all died off. At least here. Down in like Central and South America, they still have that problem. But not in the States right now. I got stung by a bee today. Of all things. That's right. Really? Yeah. Right in between, right on my uh, forefinger, like right down by the base. Um, it was not fun, but good news, I'm not allergic. So I'm not the size of a, like a overripe tomato. It's crazy how painful a bee sting can it's be. It's not right. Like, and it's it not lingers. Right how painful it is. Yeah, and it, it just it it's yeah it's. And they always seem to get you on like a 
just the sensitive right spot. body part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like right where you don't want to be sting, which incidentally is my entire body. So they always get me there. Um, but no, as, as a way of uh, more of an introduction to Dev and what, what we want to try and talk about and what he was super jacked up about talking about is uh, we were talking at National Night Out because the cops were here and I was trying to get him to tase his wife because uh, <laughs> she was littering on my lawn. Um, you know, just friendly neighborhood stuff. Oh, um, yeah, just, you know, rappers. But they were they were threatening to tase me and then we were kind of talking after, after party hours uh, about how, like, I've never been in a physical altercation like a, like a fight, right? And yeah, like a legit fight. Yeah, and have you been in one? So I was thinking about that, and I had a couple um, interactions when I was a teenager with kids that were uh, bullying me, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. Um, there, was, uh, there was a time when this, you know, I was just, getting harassed by this kid and it, it, there really was no basis for it other than he didn't like the way I looked which um, is awesome by the way <laughs> how I look or it's awesome that he didn't like it no that's how you look you look awesome thanks man so people of course are going to be jealous about that so I had come from another school it was like the beginning of like the skater days and I had like long bangs and, and sort of a side spike on the side of my head and nice. so um, that was kind of a cool look where I was coming from and I and I came to this new school and sort so, sort of being harassed but anyway this this one boy was uh you know calling me names and I never was one to just put up with it and just take it so he asked me if I wanted to fight He's like you all, you want to fight and then oh okay I'd never been in a fight before and um, so, so he said he wanted to meet at, uh, Kordiak Park at five o'clock and, uh, God, what grade I was in, uh, seventh grade, I think. And, uh, so, uh, right before dinner, I asked my brother who was six years younger than me. So he was just a kid. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to get in a fight. Do you uh, want to come with me? <laughs> so I show up with my kid brother and this guy has another, another guy with him and, and it was just one of those things where he was just kind of, we were just talking shit back and forth and, and, and there was like some shoving going on, just shoving back and forth. I don't know if you've experienced this or seen it. It's like, I mean, uh, I've seen some, it's sort of this weird thing where like pretty lame fights, but you throw the first punch. No, you throw the first punch. It was like, okay, this is stupid. Like, I guess if we're doing this, uh, I'm going for it. And so I just socked him in the gut and, uh, and he didn't even fight back and he just and he just sort of like doubled over a little bit and he was like hey we're cool man we're, we're cool <laughs> and he like shook my hand and uh it was really bizarre and uh uh he never bothered me again but that was i mean that that was the first sort of thing um there's others but obviously I'd like to get find out if if uh we know Nate has never been how about you Mike I have been in a few physical altercations. Uh, <laughs> and that shoving thing is usually where they where they stop, depending on who you're with. Uh, yeah, so just like, it's not really like even like an honor thing, but um, my, my friend in middle school was getting picked on by this kid that was held back like 
I don't know, two or three years, right? So it wasn't his first year being held back. And I'm quite tall now, but I didn't really spring up until high school. And he was picking on my friend. And so after class one day, I pinned him up against the wall. And, you know, he's like a foot taller than I am because he's, you know, three years older than I am. And I told him to leave my, my buddy alone. And then we became best friends. Like the three of us all became best friends. But there was no like punching or anything. It was just like push him against the wall. And, and that was kind of it, you know, but, and so like Dev and I were talking, like, is it weird that as educated and logical and rational men that there's some part of us that still wants to get into a fight? Not like, you know, hiding rolls of quarters in your, in your boxing gloves kind of fight, like not dirty fighting, but just like almost like fight club. Like I don't, I don't want to like lose an eye. I don't want to necessarily spit out teeth, but you know, but just sort of like establishing yourself as like the animalistic side of a man, you know, you know, with, uh, um, just a, a deep core feeling of having to sort of either establish yourself or defend yourself or defend somebody around you in, in a physical way. And we, we got to talk and thought that was really an interesting concept because yeah, okay, I think ideally, like it's you'd... in you sort of to need to defend and, and fight. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, ideally you'd want to win, but like even to some extent, like even if you got into a fight and you're like, Hey, I'm still standing. Like I was able to take a beating. You know, like, I mean, the first Rocky movie, like, yo, Adrian, like, I did it. Um, like, even exactly. that, to some extent, is, like, enough. Uh, I don't want to go and, like, just fight a random person because what if they're packing or they got knives or, right. you know, In what if they're some, age. like, jujitsu master or something. But there's some kind of, like, weird evolutionary thing, I think. I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that you guys are educated gentlemen where violence was not a routine part of your lives. Right. Because, uh, I never grew, I, I did not grow up in a violent area. Nate knows where I grew up. Uh, but I lived in a violent world being like a traveling person and, uh, fighting is, is violent and it is ugly. And, uh, somebody will turn your head into a fucking canoe. So, you definitely want to avoid confrontation if you can. And uh, in, at least in my experience, I got into one physical fight where it was like the stand-up, punch-punch fight. Happened to be in the middle of a road uh, over something very dumb. Uh, and I've been sucker-punched a few times. And those always ended with me grabbing them and them like immediately backing down because they didn't want to get hurt. Uh because once uh, I'm a big guy, Dev doesn't know who I am, but I'm a big, strong guy and I got really strong hands. So once I got my hands on them, they knew that I could really, really hurt them uh, if I wanted. I to. mean, I showed and him your only fans, so he kind of knows. Yes. <clears throat> I am the man with the 10 inch cock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will be subscribing. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, in my experience, fights are uh, usually extremely violent and they're not very gentlemanly. And they're either quick or they're, it leads to ultra violence very quickly. Well, uh, I, exactly. I actually went to a school with a guy that got shot in the head in a fight. 
when we were in wow. trade school. See, and that's is he okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not okay. <laughs> no, that's when it becomes not. Yeah, I mean, that's when it becomes not. But, you're not fighting anymore. Then you're you're just right. Yeah, so you know, like, and, and that's kind of what we were talking about. There's a distinction between like we've got this evolutionary need as males to kind of like set up set a pecking order almost, you know, or to like prove yourself or whatever it is. And maybe that's why people get into like extreme sports. Um, sure. But we don't necessarily want to go and like kill somebody else or we don't want to be killed, you know. And I think maybe that's why Fight Club is such a great movie because like – you have to go and buy these things that they all match the other things that you already have. And really men are more, you know, historically antiquity speaking, men have been the hunters and women have been the gatherers. And we're kind of now we don't get to hunt things and we don't get to go and do, you know, like the manly things that evolution has trained us to do. And so that's why people get really like super upset about their sports team. Or something like I don't know. I mean, but there's got to be <laughs> right. there's got to be like a healthy outlet, and maybe that's where like the Fight Club comes in. You know, I, I think know. Fight Club. I love the movie and I love the book. It was great, but it's just not realistic. People are when it comes down to when you start fighting, it gets whoever is going to lose. Oh, the rules go out the window. Becomes violent, like, and then the in violence rolls up and wraps up and wraps up. And the first person to take it to the true, like, I'm going to kill you violence is always the winner. You know, well, and it's always so, that way. Here's the other thing is in, in a fight, if it's a real fight and is knuckles, knuckles to knuckles. And I mean, it's obviously more than knuckles to knuckles, but like y- you don't know what the other person is capable of or what they where they're willing to take it. So it's so intense that if you're in a fight, it's it's on and, and anything goes. Am I right? Like, um, yes. I mean, OK, well, I've got a clear shot at this dude's nuts right now. Should I should I go for it? You know what I mean? Like, because there's the always that is, thing like, oh, clear, yeah, you don't go for the nuts. the nuts. You go to the nuts or to the back of the head or the side of the head. If they don't go down now, you're fucked because they know it's on. And it's going to be extremely violent. And now, that's yeah, but I mean, so that's you have kind to of the... either give up or you have to take it up a notch from there, you know. And usually, a guy doesn't go down from a shot to the nuts in a fight. Is your testosterone's up? Your, that's, your adrenaline yeah. is up. Like everything is, you're ramped into it. It doesn't hurt until later, you know. Yeah, you're not physically hurt until after the fact. It's not a movie. Right. Yeah. And, but I mean, we talked about this too when we were when we were chatting about this, you know, like a month ago is, you know, logically, right? Like logically, if, if you know anything about fighting, even just from textbook, I mean, you know, you know, the, the weak spots, right? So even if you've never been in a fight, you know where to focus your energy and effort if you want to end the fight instantly. Or as close to instantly as you can, right? Like, you know the places to go for. Um, we're not going to mention them here because we don't promote fighting and, and violence and you should love everybody and be a rational human being and not, you know, uncaged apes like uh, like us here on the podcast. But, um, you know, like rationally or logically, you know where is going to end the fight the quickest for you. 
on your opponent. But that's not the point of like getting into a fight. Like just because you can outsmart them doesn't mean, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's weird. It's like sick almost. Like I just want to go and, and go, I just want to be Rocky. I want to go like 18 rounds with Apollo Creed and, uh, right. but not have, not to have my eyelid like razor blade opened. Like that would be okay if that didn't happen to, to me in my life. Um, <laughs> sure. Most fights start you know, with somebody hitting like, you in the back of the head when you're sitting down. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, like, is it, is it wrong to want like an honorable, like almost duel where it's like there's people there that will stop it if, if the other person gets out of hand or if you get out of hand. And I think the other thing, too, is like if you've never been in a fight, you don't know what you're capable of either. You know, like I've got two younger yeah. brothers and I'm capable of some really fucked up shit. Not even like fight wise, but just like, you know, to win. So there's also that. And so some of it is like knowing your limits and what you're capable of or like knowing those kind of like dark things about you that you'd rather not get out. So when you say you don't know what the other person's capable of, I mean, you don't also you also don't know what you're capable of sometimes. And that can be equally frightening. It can be. So did it did it ever get pretty knocked down drag out with your siblings then? I mean, no. I know siblings can be yeah, siblings, pretty ruthless with each like other. but Super ruthless. I, I hope, I mean, I don't know if my brothers listened to the podcast. I mean, I hope it didn't get that way. I, th- I hope it was just normal stuff. But, like, we had kind of like an angry household. Um, and so we didn't really have good ways to manage our anger as kids. And we've all kind of gotten our, our new ways of, or, you know, like our adult ways of moving beyond that anger and that super testosterone. Um stuff but you know like i'm happy to not be that angry all the time like super happy but i still want to get into a fight i mean not like you know not like a life-threatening fight or like a I gotta get my copay has to go up on my insurance kind of fight but <laughs> just um, just a, just an urge that's sort of in the back of your I mind just that like because it's never happened before and so you don't like you feel like yeah. you're kind of maybe missing out on something or missing out on something dumb. that like i know you're it's not dumb. missing out on anything i assure you well, I know, and I know it's dumb and it's stupid. <laughs> it's like the stupidest thing ever. Like, hey, like I want to get into right, a fight. I can tell you, like, now, I'm an idiot. If you were to get sucker punched in a bar, and you got into a fight, and it happened a couple times, your immediate response is like, "Nate, see me. I'm a big guy. You grab him, get him on the ground, you get on top. They they're gonna give up because they know they've lost. You're on top of them." Yeah. Like that's, it's not, you're not standing up and fighting. Like if you're the bigger, stronger guy, or if you're big enough, you flip them, you get on top of them, get them on the ground, and then you can fucking start hitting them with your arm. Yeah. You used to, I mean, you don't even hit them with your fist. You just hit them with your arm. Like yeah. straight so, up. <laughs> okay. See, now I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, Mike's got some experience maybe uh with clear well clearly you've been in a few fights have you had any training in any sort of self-defense no okay i was beat up by my cousins and my brothers but i was not no so what what, some of that's evolutionary uh, though it is yeah you get on top of them you hit them with your elbow like i'm talking your forearm you're not hitting with your fist you just kind of like get your weight on them and start just bashing them with your forearm and your elbow because you're not going to hurt you, you're just going to hurt them, <laughs> you know? Right. So and you can another, really get another... your shoulder into it, and you're in control, you know? The fight, like a real fight, which I've seen many fights, 
other than me being in them. It always goes to the ground. It's a lot easier to to fight on the ground. I see. That's okay. And I haven't seen a lot of fights. I mean, so the only fights that I've seen is when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, you know, middle school, high school, everybody was getting into fights. And it was always a big deal. I don't know if you guys experienced the same thing. It was like, oh, meet you out back at the water tower and the entire school piles out and crowds around and there's just a crazy battle royale. It was like I've seen probably six fights like that. Yeah, I think they discontinued that between <laughs> like when you went to high school and when I did. But I, well, I guns weren't a smaller thing. town. Yeah, and then I was like the last class in high school before they put in the security cameras. Okay, right? Because like, well, I graduated. That's when like a lot of the school shootings started to happen. Okay, and so they started putting in all these cameras everywhere after I graduated, and I was like, man, how am I gonna like if I was still in high school? How would I hide out in a corner and talk nerdy stuff with my friends with the cameras <laughs> everywhere? So the, the the other scenario that I can think of that I was ever in a fight was uh, it, it was um, another one of those things where I was being picked on about the same thing or whatever. I guess I was a real geek, um, but it was on the bus, and I was the very first stop on um, on the bus. And okay, so can I say a word in context or okay? Yeah, well, you can say so whatever you the, want. Okay. So um, this kid ha- that had been giving me a hard time, he was, he, was a, he was a year younger than me, and he was probably an entire head shorter than me. And he, and he just, he was always calling me a faggot. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, fuck you, you know, fuck you. And I, and I was talking back to him, and I was just like, I wasn't taking his shit. And I'm like, this is a little kid. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm, I could take this kid if I really had to, you know, I'm like, screw you. So... I was sitting in the front of the bus because that's where kind of the nerdy kids sit, I guess, um, or somebody new to a school that's not established. So I'm the first stop on the bus. I get off and I start walking home. It was probably like two blocks home and the entire bus unloads behind me. I'm like, all right, well, this isn't going to be good. So I'm just walking. I'm like, I'm, I'm out of here. I know something's going to go down, but I'm just going to make a beeline home. And I felt a tap on my shoulder and I turned around and boom, I got sucker punched right in the eye. And here's what triggered in me. It wasn't trying to take the kid down. I grabbed him by the nape of the neck and I started pounding on his head. I'm like, I was like, I had so much adrenaline built up because I knew something was going to happen. But when I got a hold of this kid, I wasn't going to stop. Like it was, it was an absolute animalistic thing, but I wasn't trying to get on top of him. I was pounding on his head and I was like, okay, this is pretty ruthless. Well, another kid grabbed me from behind, punched me in my other eye, which was his older brother. And I'm like, okay, here we have like a two on one situation now. And uh, a neighbor saw it, came and broke the thing up. But bottom line is like, my instinct was, okay, I got hit and I'm going to hit and it's not going to stop. But I was, right. what, how old are you when you're in seventh grade? Yeah, not too old. I guess, I don't 13, know. 13. 13. 12, something yeah, like that. 12, yeah. 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so real quick, um, I'm about halfway done. I'm, a, I'm maybe like a quarter inch from the, from the top or from the, you know, closest band, which I'm about to tear off. Um, 
I'm a little behind you, he's and behind. My, mine keeps uh, going up because I'm not puffing yeah, he's not, he's, as much on he's it. He's doing more chatting than he is smoking, which yeah, is fine, because that's what we really want in a guest. Focus on the task at hand, which is smoking the cigar. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, I'm enjoying thoughts? it. Yeah. I am enjoying like this. this one? Yeah. So I'm not getting the bitter anymore. And the bitter wasn't even necessarily a negative thing for me. It was just part of it. But I feel like it's it's smooth. There's nothing harsh in my mouth about it. Um, yeah. And I do have, I, I'm definitely getting more of the peppery now as well. Yeah. I uh, I think it's good. Uh, <clears throat> full disclosure, the first one I smoked of this, I didn't really like. I didn't care for. Um, but I think this one's just fine. I don't know that it's overly complex or, or changing notes uh, necessarily, but it's it's smooth and it's tasty. So I am way past you guys. I have a quarter left of the cigar because <laughs> I right, was being we'll catch up when you guys are chitting, <laughs> chitty chatting, which is good. Uh, and it has not changed a note. It's dark. It's got some sweetness. And it's peppery, very smooth. Not not overly strong. Yeah, uh, it's consistent. It's, good. it's consistent, and that takes. We've talked about it many times on the show. Uh, it takes a lot of talent to make a cigar taste the same way all the way through, as you're burning leaf and building up, you know, uh, tar and everything in the in the wrap. So, so is there like in the cigar world, sort of like a a grading of cigars too? Like, hey, this is a this is a mid-range, you know, or or this is a, sort of a a really yes. heidi tidy cigar. Or, yeah. Well, I know yes. pipes and cigars; they have a uh, like a darkness scale, right? They got the little arrows up and down, and I think there's like five of them. And so, if you've got like one arrow filled in, it's a lighter cigar, and if you've got you know four or five filled in, it's darker. So it kind of they give you the, a little bit of the taste profile in that. I'm sure there's something more scientific. Well, there's also the cigar aficionado rankings, which people follow religiously. And uh, in my opinion, a lot of those rankings are based off how much they cost and how much the magazine gets as a promo. But uh, we mostly smoke mid-tier and lower-tier cigars. We've had a couple upper-tier cigars, but... I don't think that the yeah. upper tier cigars are any better than mid tier. Lower tier cigars are really wild in how good or bad they are. But if you get something like a Perdomo, which is what we smoked last uh, episode, uh, it's going to be good. And it's a mid tier cigar. You know, you can go to a cigar lounge and get one for 10, 12 bucks. And uh, that's really all you need to spend to get a good cigar. You can get okay. a good cigar for five bucks, six bucks too. But you have to be more discerning. But less, a lot of yeah, five dollars, six dollars cigars are terrible. Yeah, it's not as consistent. If you spend ten, fifteen bucks on a cigar, it's going to be pretty good. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think that's what I enjoy too. Is you know being able to smoke the cigars that anyone can afford and anyone can go get. Sure. You know we're not we're not smoking the you know wrapped in gold foil. I don't know if there is one. I'm sure somewhere. Yeah, there is, I have one in my. Know. I have one. Oh, I got course. it as a Christmas present Mike from my uh, <laughs> from Sarah's uncle. I got okay. one for, for a Christmas present. Okay. Um, and I think you know, like for our season finales, maybe we'll we'll smoke like an upper tier one, you know, or something more in the twenty dollar per stick range. Uh, 
Twenty twelve. Um, you but, can get up to forty, fifty bucks a stick too, and more expensive. I know, than that man. Too, but. but until we get some sponsors, right? I'm just saying, like, we'll smoke some upper tier for us um, ones on the show. But like, mostly we've been smoking in the in the ten and under range, right? Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, um, from a cigar shop because we. Yeah, uh, Dev might not know this, but I we order them online in bulk, and you get really good prices when you start getting online and getting a lot of yeah, cigars at a time. Sure, you can get some good deals, very good deals. Yeah, and then and then where where are you getting most of your like recommendations? Like, are you you guys are subscribed to magazines or certain? I, I just go based on what we talked about this. Uh, what? Oh, well, the episode uh, a couple episodes ago, we talked about this where. Uh, I do more more of the tech stuff, and Mike kind of does the cigar scouting. So he's more yes. uh, got a got a feel on the pulse of the cigar thing. Okay. And uh, sometimes, like when I buy cigars, I'm just like, "Hey, this one sounds good," so I'll buy that. And then you know, I'll give Mike a few sticks. But usually, it's like Mike, like, "Hey, we should smoke this one or that one." Okay. And uh, he kind of hooks me up with some of those because he buys in bulk a lot. So yeah. Here's here's going to be a layman's sort of question, I guess, is uh, for for a while, and I don't know if it was because of uh, the inability to acquire it, but it, everybody was all, all about the Cubans. You got to get the Cuban cigars, and they were illegal or something, right? They had the embargo. So are they a better cigar, or were they just coveted because they were hard to get a hold of? I have smoked a Cuban cigar, uh, and the Cuban cigar thing, there's a long history. So they put an embargo on them in the Kennedy uh, administration, and at that time, a bunch of the friends of the Kennedys imported a shit ton of Cuban tobacco. So for many years, you could get a Cuban leaf cigar that was hand-rolled in the United States, and that's one of the cigars that I smoked. Uh, okay. If you go to a foreign country as an American, you have to be really careful because they're going to try to fuck you over and tell you it's a Cuban cigar. You have to be very careful. Uh, you can go up to Canada and get a Cuban cigar at a cigar shop there. Uh, I spent $30 in 2006, I want to say, on a Cuban cigar that was hand-rolled in America. And it was a good cigar, but it wasn't any better than a ten or fifteen dollar cigar that you can buy today. They're good. They're very oily and very dark, and they are good. But a lot of the mystique is because we have the embargo and we don't have ready access to them in the states. And it's difficult to get a real one unless you go to a real cigar shop in another country, which a lot of people don't have the resources to do. You know. Sure. Like, if I go to Winnipeg, I'm going to a cigar shop and getting Cuban cigars, but you can't bring them back across the border. So you can smoke them there. And it makes it nice, but they're not really any better. They're but good. is there just, not there's, not just, there's not just one Cuban cigar either. No, it's, they, there's so several So it's the same thing as here. Like, you can buy an American yeah. cigar, but as we've demonstrated right. on the show already, some of the, them are terrible. And some well, of them we, are we great, smoked a, and a lot of them Romeo are Romeo Julieta Nicaraguan cigar, and it was great. Well, Romeo and Julieta makes Cuban cigars as well. well you yeah. know, and I've had Arturo Fuente cigars, and they make Cuban cigars. And a lot of these companies, if you get it from a reputable company, it's going to be good. Uh, but 
It's but just you, like you could spend else. big money on a Cuban cigar and it's not the kind of cigar you like even, you know, and you're not oh, going to sure. like it. And you're going to yeah. say, oh, Cuban cigars suck. Yeah. But it's the same as here, anywhere else, any other country that makes cigars is it's not just one. We don't have the USA cigar company making every cigar in America. You know, there's it's the same with breweries. Like they all have their own take on them. They all have their own process. They all have their own flavorings. They all have their own everything. So just to go and buy a Cuban cigar, yeah, the only reason you're buying it is because we have the embargo. Are there some Cuban cigars that are great and would blow most of the stuff that we smoke out of the water? Sure. Are there some that would taste a lot worse than some of the ones that we smoke? Of course. Gotcha. I, th- I think. I mean, I, mean, I don't I, know. I've never smoked a I Cuban. Figured, uh, but I figured, But I've heard, like, you know, if you just want a Cuban, it's kind of overrated. If you know what you like, you can get a really good Cuban cigar. I see. As long as you get a real Cuban. You know, if you go to a Mexican border town, you're not getting a real Cuban cigar. But, uh, yeah. That's, a, that, that's part of the mystique, though. That it, for us, being poor white people in the middle of nowhere, then, yeah, it's, it's nice to have something that you can't have. Yeah, I'd rather smoke the uh, Rocky Patel 1990 right. than try that's and go find, a, go find a Cuban. Yeah. Uh, a CEO Flathead 660 is a great cigar. Yeah, hard to go wrong, you know. I mean, are they are they uh, comparable to a Cuban? I don't know, but you know, it's kind of like you you figure out what you like and you smoke that. And if somebody offers you the chance to smoke a real Cuban, then do that too, you know. But I don't think that Cuban is the end all be all of cigars. No, it's not magical. Just like anything else, right? Like. Except the moon trance. Uh, before, well, yeah, the moon trance is something else. They are truly great, but uh, that comes around. Is not that too the one often. you were smoking with Dave? Yeah. Okay. It's like uh, the AR 15 boom that happened after the uh, assault weapons ban back in the day. You know, before then, people were shooting. Mini 14s and mini 15s and mini 30s and shit. And they're, they're essentially the same firearm, just with a different stock, you know. And if they do come up with a new assault weapons ban, they won't make a mini 14 illegal. So they'll just switch back to that. And it'll be fine, you know. It'll be perfectly fine. Nothing will have meaningfully changed. Just like even though they banned Cuban cigars, we'll, we're still smoking cigars and we enjoy them. Like, nothing has really changed except instead of Cuba getting the money, somebody else does. Gotcha. Right. And there was talks during the Obama administration of lifting the ban. I'm not sure where it went. Uh, I'm sure nowhere. nowhere. But it's pointless. Ultimately, thanks, Obama. Pointless. Yeah, thanks, Obama. Exactly. We, we got to bring that back. Uh, I, I say it all the time. It's still out there. Yeah, it's still out there. I yeah, too. I it you never time. went anywhere. It's still here. Yeah. Way to go, Brandon. Oh God. Yep. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> I had a discussion with my relatives about that, about Trump, because they were, you know, saying how great Trump was, and I was like, "What's the difference?" They couldn't say a single thing. My wonderful relatives, who were Trumpers, could not say a single thing that was better about Trump. It's like, well, it's because there is no difference, is there? 
<laughs> Basically, I didn't say exactly that, but what Those is the meaningful difference in all policy? The same. It's the same shit. My taxes went up. My freedom went down. And not Nothing in a changed. good way. But they sure find a way to blame the current administration when it's yeah, not or the who last they, one. Yeah, or the last one. Exactly. Right. Every problem in the whole world is because of, uh, you know, Don Biden. Every single one. Yeah, and George <laughs> Obama. I know. George. It was George Obama before, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, Barack Trump. Yeah. They'll always figure out a way to not make it a systemic failure on policy. So... Anyway, so you guys are really big fans of the uh, romanticization of fighting. I wasn't expecting that. Of course, well, our lives are you know, like, different. You know, our lives are totally different in our backgrounds. Our, our lives are different. I don't know that. I don't know that I would say I'm a fan of romanticizing fighting. Um, it was just kind of a weird thing because it's like I've never really been in a fight that hasn't been over. You know, by pushing somebody against a wall or. You know, whatever. Like, I punched my cousin a few times because he was being a giant dick. But there was there's no ever there's not ever like a return punch. You know, so it wasn't really like a fight. It was just kind of like a way to end a disagreement. You know, and I wouldn't say like it's romanticized because I understand that I don't want to be in a fight. Like, I understand it's a dangerous thing to be in a fight. But there's some like weird evolutionary like drive in my body that I can like recognize. Sure. Like. You know, like, it's not like, it's not that I'm trying to romanticize fighting or that I, you know, because, you know, and I'll say like, hey, I'd like to be in like a super fair fight or just like two buddies and they're like, hey, let's just, you know, let's spar or let's like whatever. But like, that's not really it, you know, um, but like I can understand that it's like a weird, like evolutionary thing, uh, you know, kind of like if you just want to like just fuck a whole bunch, you know, like that's kind of evolutionary, right? right? But you understand you can't just go fuck a whole bunch without getting syphilis or AIDS or crabs or whatever, whatever it is, you know, like there's always consequences. And and that's the whole that was kind of like what intrigued Dev and myself, where it's like, you know, we're educated people like we're not we're not, uh, you know, go back 50, 60, 100 years where education was a lofty goal for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, and it still is in some in some instances, but. And, and we should close that gap, of course. But, like, we understand, like, fighting isn't how you resolve things. But there's still that weird evolutionary thing, like the evolutionary holdover, like the spleen or the appendix. Like, what is that doing? Like, I don't I don't need it. Uh, the tonsils, I don't need it. But it's here still. Um, so it's kind of that weird thing where it's like I understand that it's dumb. Like, I don't, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even want, I shouldn't even be talking about wanting to do it. Uh, but it's this weird evolutionary kind of like drive almost. I don't feel so, that okay. drive. <laughs> well, you are more evolved than me, I guess. Been there, done that. I'm not more evolved. I've just seen more fights. <laughs> yeah. So when I was in high school, I had a buddy who was a wrestler. And he was a little smaller than me. Real strong, wiry guy. And... uh he was teaching me a little bit about wrestling and uh, on a couple occasions 
we engaged in a wrestling match. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't weird or anything, <laughs> but um, that is an interesting experience too because there is so much strength involved and uh, it's a very intense thing too. So it's it's not the same thing, I guess, as fighting per se, but you are really struggling to overtake another person or trying to uh, get out of a certain situation. And I mean, that was kind of a, an, I, I guess, sort of a, a similar sort of um, concept, I guess, in that like, you know, you're trying to establish yourself with your, your strength and stamina to be able to overcome another, another person. And, um, you know, there were times when I was, you know, I was being held down or there were times when I was, um, uh, the aggressor in the situation too. And I mean, that, that was, I never like wanted to be a wrestler or anything, but I, but I do, um, look at that experience as, you know, something of a similar nature, I guess. Well, like you say, most fights that I've seen are glorified wrestling matches with striking involved. Sure. No kicking, really. <laughs> Kneeing, but not kicking. I don't kicking. think kicking yeah. is the most efficient way to like take down an opponent, though. Unless you're standing and you kick them in the leg. Yeah, or like some of those like crazy karate people who can do like the roundhouse and like clock you in the jaw and then it's lights out. You know, but you have to be highly skilled to do that. And you have to be against an opponent who's not ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so I guess like not to defend myself intellectually because uh, that's the only way I know how. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but after Deb and I kind of talked about this, uh, I looked it up, and there's actually a, a book written by a professor uh, who had the kind of the same feelings, where he was kind of like, "Hey, I'm educated, and I've never had the." occasion or, or necessity to fight and uh, what he did is he went and joined uh, MMA <clears throat> the mixed martial arts you know the octagon ring or whatever and uh, he wrote this whole book about kind of like how that affected him and I haven't read it yet but I did I did procure it so I will be reading it at some point uh, but apparently it's not out of the realm of, of educated people who have never been in fights to kind of have that kind of evolutionary desire almost. And maybe it's, maybe it's not even evolutionary anymore. Maybe it's just societal pressure or, um, I don't know what it could be, you know, but, uh, I'm very curious to hear like a professor or something, you know, cause like, I don't want to just go get into like a scrap or like a fight or like turn into West side story or some, some stuff like that. But, um, you know, the singing and snapping, I don't know. If, I guess if I have to do that before we fight, uh, that might be okay. But um, that'd be more embarrassing than anything else, I, I think. Well, you could but just I, go you know, and drink at rural bars and wait because there's always guys that want to fight at rural bars. Okay. So uh, you're saying I should wear a Biden shirt and just go and drink at a rural bar? Oh, not, not a Biden shirt. A fuck Trump shirt. And oh, then, oh, yep. It's almost like that Donkey Kong. Isn't a Kamala Harris shirt the same thing, though? <laughs> I've never seen such a thing, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the fuck Trump shirts, for sure. Okay. But. 
so yeah, I mean, there is definitely, there is a, a, a definite population of people who enjoy fighting and they're looking for it. Oh yes. And I don't, and, and I don't know if that is just a, uh, sort of the, the alcohol is doing, you know, doing the talking or no, they no. feel like they've got something to prove or they're just, uh, there's a subculture of guys that love to just fight. Well, and I, I suppose you could say like, well, evolutionarily, they're primed to fight. Or you could say they've had a bad childhood. Or you could say they have mean parents. Or you could say, I mean, you could say any number of things. But I'm not looking to change my my entire personality to be one that wants to fight. It's just one of those things where I've never been in a fight. Uh, but it's different because, like, I've never been in a plane crash. And I have no evolutionary desire to be in a plane <laughs> crash, you know, so... Come paddle fishing. I can guarantee you if you want to fight, you can have one. <laughs> Am I fighting the fish or, or what? Because like fish oh, freak me no, out, no. man. It's a nightly it's a nightly brawl for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Every night, it's always a brawl. Well, I don't think that you'd really want to get entangled with one of those guys that really, really like to fight. No. And have I mean, a lot you know. of experience fighting. You probably so don't. can you just like and that's put me thing. Up. like I don't even I don't even really want to be in a fight because like as soon as I'm like hey I really want to get in a fight then it's like well what about my teeth or what about my nose or what about my eyes or what about you know all of the things I need to live and to see and experience life like I don't really want to be in a fight but like there's this weird thing where it's like I've never been in one yeah and like evolution is kind of telling me like you know so I don't. I mean, I don't think that you're alone. Yeah. And I maybe maybe our next business venture is <clears throat> going to be to develop some sort of app where uh, it's a social media sort of situation where, uh, okay, we try to find another uh, person in the same uh, frame of mind as you are who's also never been in a fight. Yeah. We could get sock and boppers. You guys remember those? <laughs> yes. Like they discontinued them. Yes. They were on the market for like six months, but they were great. Um. Yeah. So okay, who is your perfect uh, fighting mate? You've y- y- y'all have both never been in a fight before. Probably some twelve-year-old female. <laughs> you know, like same strength. For me, anyway. I don't think Mike is down with this situation. he's not really down with the fighting <laughs> i want I, I want to get into a fight with somebody who does not have a knife or a gun and i yeah, want to same. have one yes. same <laughs> but i want to have one and i want to have one <laughs> but you want to have one okay i just want to well, have one at the ready just in case nate's known me That's a long time point. and when have i ever been at your place without mace or a long knife or both <laughs> yeah, or or a condom and a bunch of lube. Like, you right. know, it's one exactly. of, one of the four. It's going to be fucking or fighting. Fucking yeah. or fighting. What's it going to be tonight? Something with an F. Yeah. Well, I'm going to fight you could until be... I can fuck you. That's the Yeah. Could, could be falafels. Could be falafels too. We don't know. Yeah. Fajitas. There's mm. always a big thing where it's like I'm going to get naked before I fight. <laughs> I mean, it's really the best Rip way to avoid off. a fight. It yeah. might be a good way to avoid a fight. Yeah, I, I only fight in the nude, like completely nude. So if you want to come at me with my dick out, then then maybe you got to reevaluate your sexual preferences, uh, which is probably a good diss for people who like to fight, because they're probably like the uber ego male type. Mm-hmm. 
They have no masculinity. Yes. Small member. Well, you know, they're raising a child that's not theirs. Let's put it that way. There you go. <laughs> Indeed. So I think the disclaimer at the end here, if you've listened to this entire podcast, uh, this episode, uh, we do not condone fighting, and fighting is bad. Uh, there might be some kind of innate drive within each of us that wants to fight. But, you know, I've gotten a lot of satisfaction of uh, in my life of not having to get to that point. Um and to either like diffuse or antagonize a situation with words and logic and brain power and kind of have that kind of control over it. So, I mean, there is some satisfaction there. It's not the primal satisfaction, um, you know, from the evolutionary standpoint, but it's certainly a lot better to not have to get into a fight because if you get into a fight, not only is there all the physical stuff but then after the fight is done you've got all of the legal stuff right like the person one of the two whoever's been involved in the fight could choose to charge the other one with assault or battery or any number of things you know and you just don't know how deep their daddy's pocketbook is um you know so there's just a whole lot of things to dissuade people from fighting and fighting isn't really the answer Fighting is just a weird, it's just a weird thing, right? Like, it's just like, I know, like, I don't want to be in a fight and I don't want to be the guy that gets into a fight, but sometimes fights happen. So it'd be nice to know before going into a fight that I can handle myself in a fight. I don't know. It's like a weird, you know, weird thing, but yeah. Um, you know, like Mike said, just get on top and, and, and top them till they tap out. So that's what you said, right? Top them till they tap out. Top, top, yeah. top until they tap out. Yeah. What if they're a power bottom, though? <laughs> well, man, you know, that's where the lube and the condom comes in. As long as somebody taps out, I guess it's okay. <laughs> so, I don't think I'd make it in prison. I mean, if you go to prison, you have to fight. I mean, that's pretty much a given, right? No, not if you're the supply guy. <laughs> if you can get them cigarettes and stuff, right? But it takes a while to get to that point, I feel like. I mean, I kind of like watching those shows, those like uh, Locked Up Abroad and Locked watch, Up... Uh, what is it, 90 Days In? Did you watch that one? They apparently take real people and put them in prison for 90 days. So I or did watch... I did watch... Um, I only watched the first season a couple. and it was like super lame kind of. Yeah, I thought... To be honest, I... I didn't know if I really bought, like, bought into it. Yeah. You know, that it was actually real. Because um, apparently, like, the prison guards didn't know that they were there for a TV show. But the warden did or something, like the head honcho did, so. Well, and they weren't, I mean, I don't remember seeing any physical altercations. They got into in some the, fights. Did in they? The first, okay. Maybe the I just thing. watched the, yeah. But then it's kind of the thing where it's like you read some of the stuff about those reality shows and it's like everything's staged. You know, or the crew, because the crew's there, right? Like they're they set up extra right. cameras in the in the. I can't even remember what the place is called, like the wing that they're in, or you know. Yeah. Um, so it's not like people are unaware of what's going on. I mean, like the last the, the last okay, th- th- it wasn't this show. It was another. It was a locked up show. Yeah. And and they were they were just discussing how uh, somebody knew 
uh, it's like you're a, you got a target on your back yeah. instantly. And so they, it's like you need to establish it's that that raw pecking order. Um, and so unless you're in a gang, uh, you're going to have to fight. Yeah. At least at first. Well, and the, and the 90 days in or whatever, the one guy, he got in there and he was thinking the whole thing was a huge joke. And he was like, hey, do we get ESPN on the TV in the break room or whatever, in the rec room? And uh, you could tell all the other inmates didn't like it, but I don't think he was in maximum security. So you're not going to get the same kind of like, yeah, people there on drug charges. Right. Right. They got caught with weed. They're in there. And, and you got some gang activity, but I think if you're not in like the full on... Uh, maximum security, you're not getting like the murderers and the, the gang violence people. I don't think. I don't know. I've not been to prison. That's probably true. My brother's a prison the white... guard. <laughs> but I don't really know a whole lot about it. My brother is a prison guard. Oh, okay. Yeah. it's You don't want to be in prison. <laughs> no, <laughs> my my dad uh, retired from the prison. He was he started out at, at guard and retired as like a senior case manager or something. Uh, I remember one one night he got home and he had a he had to have a like a patch over his eye because he had to break up a fight between inmates where they tried to attack a, a fellow coworker or something and he was trying to break it up. Uh, and then he was on riot squad for a while too. But he was in maximum security. He was, I mean, that's where he worked. He was at the maximum security one. So I, I think, you know, it, probably the level of security the prison is kind of dictates what sort of inmate population you have. So it probably gets worse the more severe the security level is, I would imagine. But if I got sent to prison, I would immediately become a transgendered woman for sure. You would have to. A non-transitioning yes, transgender non-transitioning woman. transgender woman. Yeah. Respect my rights. <laughs> <laughs> so I yes. feel like Mike's been done for a little bit with his cigar. I, I, I have been done for a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's uh, okay. I'm just about. I'm just about done with mine. Uh, Deb's got, got a little bit left. Um, fourth. But. Uh, do you want to give any final thoughts on your on your cigar there, Dev? Uh, being is that it's the first cigar that I've smoked in about twenty years or so. I would say that I enjoyed the experience. I don't have a lot to compare it to, uh, but I I do enjoy the peppery taste to it. Uh, it is a smooth cigar. I'm I'm liking it. I'll smoke another cigar after this. So thanks, fellas. Yeah, and and this and and for any of our listeners, this isn't really a cigar that you would give to somebody who hasn't smoked in a while or has never smoked a cigar. This isn't really like your starter cigar. Um, but Dev has, has smoked, you know, previously, and uh, just from talking to him, I f- I figured he might be okay with this one. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that you liked it. Uh, I like this one. Uh, the second one that I smoked of this brand better than the first one. I wasn't too impressed with the first one. Um, but when we're, on the, when we're on the podcast here, I, I tend to give a little more thought to the actual cigar, right? So I think more about it and I try and taste more of it so that I can try and talk not like a complete uh, person who doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, which I am most of the, most <laughs> of the time. Um, but I guess for me, I would say that it's a good cigar. Uh, I think it's a fairly cheap cigar, so... It's, it's not a bad, for the price, it's a good good experience. 
Uh, it's not on my on my top list of you know like greatest cigars ever or you know even preferred cigars. But if somebody was like, "Hey, do you want to smoke some Buffalo Traces?" Yeah, why not? Yeah, it was good. It was dark, even th- even throughout peppery, a little sweet. Yeah, which which is something to be said. Yeah, it's it's good enough. It's not terrible. It's yeah, yeah it's a promo cigar, so. <clears throat> Yeah, especially if you it, if you good. consider consider it against like this is basically, I mean it's not the whiskey people doing it, but they commissioned this cigar basically. Right. So it's you know it's a tie-in with their whiskey brand, uh, and it's a lot better than a lot of other tie-ins I'm sure you know or other promotional things like this was actually a good cigar. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thanks for being and on the show, Dev. Super nice to meet you, Mike. It's nice to talk to you. Uh, hopefully, we don't get into a fist fight when we meet in person. <laughs> and if we if we do, hopefully the three of us are on the same side. Right? Yes, because then then right. you can you can you can top them, Mike, and then Dev and I'll high five behind you. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I'm I don't know what Dev looks like, but I'm guessing if we were to go out in public, nobody would try to start a fight with the three of us. So no. <laughs> Even even with your pink bowling bag, nobody even would try to make a fight. Especially with the pink bowling bag. That freaks people out. Yeah. <laughs> He's very comfortable with his sexuality. Yes. Yeah. Enough yeah, to the, top a stranger in a bar fight. Yes. The, the the fat white guy with a beard and long hair and a pink bag, nobody fucks with that guy. <laughs> Smoking a cigar. Cigar hanging yeah. out of his mouth. Pink bag. Yeah. Whiskey in hand. Yep. <laughs> no. Come at me, fuckers. So, no, there we go. I would agree. Yeah. I don't want to fight against you, Mike. Fighting is bad, okay? <laughs> Peace and love. Peace Cigars and, love. and whiskey and, and bromances all around. Or them-mances, however you feel. Yes. All right, well, I think that's about it for the show. All right, Sounds perfect. good. Thanks again, Dev, and we'll catch you next week.